Hello and welcome to another episode of the Prop Swap Podcast. We are your hosts, Ian Epstein. And Luke Pergandy. And we are also the founders of PropSwap, the first marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We've got another great episode for you. We're going to go over some big World Series tickets that have been selling. Uh, We will talk uh, a little stake or swap action. Uh, But first, uh, we're going to talk about uh, a big parlay that was uh, making the news over the last uh, couple of days, uh, starting on Sunday and and going into Monday. Um, There was a Indiana better who made a 17-leg parlay on his wedding day on, on Saturday uh, for $7.77. Uh, and so if, you, you know, if you're a gambler, 777 is a, is, is a lucky number in, in terms of slots, so I, I don't think that was uh, by coincidence. Uh, this parlay, if it were to hit, would have won $124,000. Um, I won't go through all, all 17 legs. I'll, I'll, I'll spare you all of that, but... Um, just know that the first 16 legs on Sunday all won. Uh, and so the last leg was for Monday night's game, uh, the Bengals at the Browns, uh, which, uh, Luke, you were in attendance at. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, but the last leg was Joe Mixon over 63 and a half rushing yards. Uh, and so I, you know, surprisingly, uh, part of the story came out on Monday afternoon that FanDuel reached out to him personally because there was no cash-out offer being presented to him in the app. However, uh, screenshots emerged uh, of basically Twitter DMs between the better and FanDuel where uh, FanDuel said, we will make you a special one-time offer, uh, cash-out offer for $62,000, which was the exact market value of the ticket. And so... uh, you know, I've seen this before where I feel like uh, certain bettors who uh, their bets have been making the rounds publicly, FanDuel or or whatever sports because I've seen it with MGM as well, they will reach out personally and make them uh, basically a special kind of sweetheart offer that, that not everyone is, is uh, gets. Um, and uh, and so what you're, you're, you're pointing up, what, what's that mean? I'm pointing in the air. Yeah. Oh, shocker that when it's when they know the, the cash out offer is going to go public, they go higher than what they usually would do. That's that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, there was there was some bet last year with the parlay that hinged on like a Lions money line. Uh, it was a, it was a huge parlay from a guy in Detroit and MGM reached out and gave him his sweet, sweetheart offer, sweetheart offer. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I can't stress this enough that. of the cash out offers are going to be way below market value. But when the sports books know they have eyeballs on them and can maybe get some positive PR out of this thing, uh, trust me, there was, there was no uh, benefit from a profit standpoint for FanDuel to be offering $62,000 on that, on, on this ticket, um, you know, with, with, you know, with, with, for this Joe Mixon rushing yards, uh, it, w- it was purely from a PR perspective that was going to be the the, the win. Um, but the better declined that that cash out offer of sixty sixty two thousand dollars. However, the the last part of the story is that he was able to get a hedge bet down on Joe Mixon uh, under rushing yards uh, for thirty four thousand dollars. I assume it would it was to win about thirty thousand uh, dollars, 
Um, so he bet 34,000 on the under uh, at another sports book, not, not FanDuel, but another sports book. Um, and then he went to the game with his newlywed wife to try and watch a cash. Uh, Joe Mixon did not come even close to, to uh, hitting the over on the rushing yards. Uh, the Bengals got absolutely blown out on, on Monday night. Uh, and so, but so while the parlay did not cash for 124,000, the better did win 30 K. Uh, and so, I mean, those are things we'd love to see, right? I mean, they're, you know, hedging, getting a guaranteed profit. Um, and so, you know, we talked a little bit last week about, about hedging and just kind of how impossible it is if you don't have access to that capital. Uh, so I, for one, I was surprised that a guy who bet $7 was able to get his hands on 34,000. Now maybe he was, flush with some uh with some new wedding cash uh maybe he has a friend uh who was able to offer him that loan but um i was i was pleasantly surprised that 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 he was able to get 34k down uh on the on the hedge um what what were your thoughts uh on the on the story yeah is that is that confirmed because we we hear that all the time from sellers oh yeah like i just i just got a 34,000 hour hedge bet down no big deal like do we is that completely confirmed that he did make that hedge bet? I, I believe it is. I believe uh, yeah. at first it was it was a rumor, right? Because uh, so the, the the sports book that took the bet was Caesars in Indiana, uh, and so you know that was a that would, you know I think at first it was a rumor like Caesars reported a thirty four k bet on on the underprop, and everyone kind of assumed it was the guy, uh, and then uh, I believe he did uh, the better himself did did confirm it. Um, uh, uh, via, you know, other media outlets, VR betting, uh, on, on, on Twitter. Uh, and so, and then, and then there was a video after where, you know, obviously he was bummed, but he, you know, he was still saying how he made, he made 30 K. So, I mean, I, I, I can't see his, his betting account. I, I, I don't know a hundred percent for sure, but Caesars did confirm a bet was made and he's saying he made the bet. So, uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and believe that. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, if if Caesar's confirmed it, then then that's reasonable. If just he's saying he made a hedge bet, yeah, obviously you're gonna say that. You look like a d- jackass for declining sixty thousand dollars on a seven dollar bet. Um, so yeah, it makes sense that he would be pushing his own book by saying he made the hedge bet. Um, but great, all I like in the this whole game, I just want sports betters to get paid out. And walk away with exactly what they should be. No, no thirty percent discount to market value. Like get betters as close to market value while still being able to. You know, we obviously charge a fee. Like still being able to charge some fee for the service, but give sports betters the maximum value for their sports bet humanly possible, and everyone wins. Cash out. You know, as as we've discussed at length, is thirty to 200% below what the exact market value is. We think we can give you around, you know, if we include our 10% fee up to 90% of what it should sell for us. So a 10% discount um, on that market value for your sports bet. So great. Couldn't, couldn't support this more. If he indeed did make that giant hedge bet. Great. Uh, you got the capital. You had the capital set aside to be making Monday Night Football sports bets. That's fantastic. Um, yeah, no, I applaud it. And as long as, long as we're walking away with some profit, when you can turn seven bucks into that giant um, of a windfall on a super unpredictable problem, well, sports betting is unpredictable. But in this situation, you're going up against Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney. Like, yes, please, please take, please hedge. Yeah. 
and and you know you you mentioned the fee part. Yes, PropSwap does charge a a commission to sellers, but again, so do sports books, right? Because this guy he had to wager thirty four thousand to win thirty thousand, right, not wager thirty four to win thirty four, right? So it, it it doesn't seem like you're getting charged a fee there with the sports book. Guess but guess what? You are right because if let's say Mixon had hit the over, you you know, and and his goal was to hedge for thirty thousand, he basically paid a four thousand dollar fee uh, for that for that right to hedge. So uh, nothing's ever free in this life. Uh, it's just there's fees are charged in different ways. Sometimes they're hidden. Uh, sometimes they're not. You know, we are very transparent uh, about our fees, uh, and it's oh that's always a kind of a, a funny argument when people are like. I don't want to pay the. I, I wouldn't want to pay a fee to prop swap. I'll just make a bet with the sports book, and it's like, oh, you think you think there's no, what? You know, it's called. It, they just call it a juice or a vigorish. They don't call it a fee, right? But it's it's all it's all the same thing, just just labeled different ways. Um, Good point. So you you were at this game. You were at this uh, Bengals Browns game uh, in Cleveland, and then the day before that, you were at uh, the Colts Commanders game in, in Indy. Uh, so uh, once again, uh, what were some of your uh, different takeaways from uh, a, a new couple new NFL stadiums? Yeah, just traversing uh, the lovely states of Indiana and Ohio, and I, I actually really like Ohio. And, and Indianapolis grew on me slightly this weekend. I'm usually a pretty big hater on that city, so sorry to any uh, any local indie folks who are listening to this pod. But um, Lucas, so we, you and I were at Lucas Oil for the College Basketball National Championship in 2021. Um, for Gonzaga and Baylor. Baylor, of course, uh, routed them in that game. Um, but that was a COVID year. That was a COVID year college basketball game. So we were spread out, and it was just, you know, the vibe was just off, just, you know, kind of a weird uh, weird sporting event. And then was at this year's college football national championship for Alabama, Georgia. Better. That was better for sure. But, like, I didn't really have any skin in the game for, like, Alabama, Georgia. Like, we, we probably wanted – um, Georgia to win that game. So we were, you know, we were happy with that result, but like it wasn't as um, the locals weren't as excited about it. It was clearly all visitors. This was like, everyone's going Colts, super excited to be, you know, new quarterback in there. And Sam Allinger was going. Um, and then fast forward to today, the Colts offensive coordinator gets fired and, and probably rightfully so they looked bad. Now, granted, as I just said, Sam Allinger, brand new quarterback, got to cut him some slack. So, um, and the ironic part is Frank Reich is the one calling the plays. So I'm not sure why the scapegoat was the OC. Um, so interesting situation there in Indianapolis. But Lucas Oil, honestly, man, I might go so far one in terms of NFL venues. Lucas Oil, too. I, I, the, fact, I, the fact that these are both indoors is evident because you don't you don't want to be outside. Is, <laughs> absolutely has to be with both the doors. I think that will be the last football game I see last night's Monday night game in Cleveland, which was outside. It was actually beautiful last time. I'm still in Cleveland right now. It was beautiful. It was 60 degrees. So, uh, yes, it does have to do with uh, it being inside. I have very minimal interest in sitting outside in 11 degrees um, watching a football game that goes four hours and, you know, no access to watching all the other games, fantasy football. You don't know how that's going. Obviously, we work in the industry, so we need to monitor all the games. So for a lot of those reasons, uh, yes, it does help that it's inside. Uh, but, yeah, it's a really cool event, uh, really cool environment at Lucas Oil. Caesars has a sportsbook, quote-unquote, lounge there. WinBet has a, a, a quote-unquote, lounge there that seems like they might get sports betting in arena. In about two years, I was talking to this guy, Andy Schwartz, at the Colts, who gave me the tickets. He thinks around two years from now we'll get Indiana, we'll get sports betting 
And then fast forward to last night in Cleveland. Uh, I think FanDuel probably ran 75 ads <laughs> during that <laughs> during that football game in the arena. And then I uh, I texted Darren Avell a few different jerseys uh, with patches. Some some gal had a uh, an Odell Beckham uh, jersey that she put tape over and basically said, uh, "Oh well, this jersey was only fifteen dollars." <laughs> Taping over Odell Beckham's last name, Darren Avell tweeted that, um, and then. Uh, another girl's jersey was days sober zero. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, well, yeah, that, that's that Browns fan life uh, where uh, you just have to drink to uh, to survive. <laughs> yeah, they were they were pretty pessimistic on the team. Now at the end of the game, everyone is very excited. Um, I won't address the chaos that it is to get an Uber outside of First Energy. That was an absolute uh, travesty. They got to fix that. But um, the point is. I still like this Browns team. Now, Roquan Smith goes to the Ravens from our Bears. Um, The Ravens certainly improved their defense. Roquan Smith has led the Bears in tackling every year since he's been there. He's an incredible linebacker. So you got to deal with that. Uh, I believe once more, the Browns, I believe, still have to play the Ravens one more time. So you got to deal with that. But I don't know, man. Like, Miles Garrett is unstoppable. It just... When you have a guy like that that's harassing quarterbacks and makes their lives difficult, it just changes that football game. And we saw it last night. They couldn't even put up a point. So as long as that guy stays healthy and Jadavian Clowney can still – and he needs to stay healthy too. He's missed like three or four games as Jadavian Clowney. So uh, he needs to stay in the field. But as long as those two guys are out there harassing – quarterbacks i think they're a they're a formidable team so and they of course have deshaun watson in the midst uh that we are now through eight weeks of football uh and he is coming back in week 12 so coming up yeah um yeah uh, we are almost halfway through the season um and uh yeah uh the afc north i feel like it's just a, a topsy-turvy uh uh division um and so we'll, we'll see if, if a front runner uh emerges anytime soon um Switching gears, uh, we are in the middle of the World Series, uh, which uh, has featured two very exciting games. Uh, you've got the long shot Phillies, uh, who came out of nowhere, uh, versus the uh, the perennial favorites, Houston Astros. Um, leading up before game one of the World Series, uh, the action on prop swap was very one-sided uh, in, this, in the sense that uh, the buyers were were heavy on the Phillies. Uh, I don't. We, we couldn't keep a, a Phillies ticket listed on a site for for very, for very long because um, you know whether that's just our customer base or just um, people had a feeling that uh, they were going to you know at least split the first two games. Um, it was very one sided uh, before game one, and then ironically after game one, it was the Astros that was getting uh, most of the love uh, on on prop swap, um, but. Uh, because of the fact that the Phillies were such a long shot, uh, I think that also has led, led to it because you've got people with these long shot tickets that they bet a little to win a lot. Uh, and obviously that creates more of a margin for the seller to make a profit while giving the buyer a discount versus, you know, if you got the Astros. And now granted, you know, we talked about last week, Astros were double digits uh, to start the season. Um, Mattress Mac got got the Astros at 12 to 1 with, uh, with win bet. Um, but, uh, more so, you know, they were closer in the five, five to one range, uh, during the season. Uh, and so, uh, I was going to highlight, 
uh, a specific Phillies World Series uh, future that has sold three different times on PropSwap. Uh, back in June, uh, a PropSwap customer uh, made a three-leg parlay that included uh, an NBA prop, uh, Ravens money line uh, in week one, and the last leg, Phillies to win the World Series at 75 to one odds. Uh, this customer got uh, as, as the third leg. He bet $49 to win $10,000 on this parlay. Uh, the first two uh, legs obviously won. Uh, and so then after the Phillies beat the Braves to advance to the NLCS, he sold this $49 ticket for $1,675, And then three days later, the guy that bought it for $1,675 after the Phillies won game one of the NLCS against the Padres, that guy resold it for $2,150. $2,150. So a profit of $475, $475 in just three days. Uh, then on Friday, uh, before game one, uh, the guy who purchased it for $2,150 resold it for an, a third time uh, for $3,630. So a profit of $1,480 uh, for that person uh, and the buyer got odds of plus 177 uh, on the Phillies prior to game one, which was uh, better than pretty much every sports book out there. Obviously, uh, that was a, looking great after game the, the game one win um, and still is a better number than you can currently get on the Phillies. Uh, and so in the span of two weeks, the ticket sold three separate times for a total of $7,455. Um, and again, this thing only collects $10,000. So uh, it always kind of makes me smile when we see tickets, again, selling multiple times. Everyone has literally made money every step of the way. Uh, and, you know, we're approaching uh, a total sale prices that, that is close to the, the collect amount of, of this ticket. Um, the the guy who currently owns this ticket, you know, who, who is, has been the last purchaser, he was big on the Phillies to win the NL. Um, and he cashed, uh, I want to say he cashed like a seven or $8,000 ticket, uh, on the Phillies to, to win the NL. Uh, and so something tells me he, this ticket, it might be, uh, not traveling anymore. Uh, he might, he might be hanging onto it. Um, but, uh, just to, just a kind of a great story and just kind of goes to show you, uh, how these tickets can evolve, uh, throughout and not just the season. This is again, the last two weeks of, of the postseason. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot about wh- why you'd bet futures instead of doing money line bets. And, like, this is a great example of if you bet a future, buy, you know, buy a Phillies ticket right now, your floor is higher than zero, obviously. Because just because the Phillies lose, uh, you know, a game tonight doesn't mean that your ticket is zero. And, obviously, if you make a money line bet on a game it, and they lose your bet, collect zero. So in this situation, when you're buying these futures bets, it increases the floor of which um, if a certain game doesn't go your way, how much money you lose. So these guys, these prop shop customers are recognizing that and they're making just as much money by flipping a game post win. So you buy a Phillies future, they win a game, you flip it for basically double what you paid for it. But if they lose a game, you're not out that whole investment. So it's just a smarter way to approach being able to make money on each of these World Series games. Right. Like, 
for example, if before the World Series started, you were like, I am extremely confident that the Phillies will split one of these two games, right? I'm extremely confident that the Phillies will go into Houston and win either game one or game two. It's a better strategy to buy a future on them uh, than to try and predict which if it's going to be game one or game two, right? And so that way, now granted, it worked out where the Phillies won game one, but, um, you know, versus versus being like, okay, I'm going to bet, I'm going to bet Phillies to win game one. And it's like, oh, actually they lost game one, but they won game two instead. You know, it's exactly, it gives you uh, a higher floor um, and less risk uh, and something you can get off of it at any point in time versus just betting the, the, the game straight up. And I know we've talked probably, I think in other episodes about examples where it's actually more profitable uh, to do bet a future and then sell it after one game versus just bet, bet the money line. Uh, those examples don't, come to my mind right now but i'm sure there'll be more um but yeah i mean right now if you wanted to the the guy that bought it for 3600 that ticket's now worth uh close to 4200 dollars, right so um again you know he went in there with uh he bought the ticket he knew it wasn't going to go to zero uh before you know after two games but um he could he could sell it for a profit right now if, if he wanted to uh, so uh, as we record this, uh, we uh, game three uh, still has yet to be played. So um, you know, it's I think it's and and by the time the next the next time we record this podcast, we will have a World Series winner. So uh, it's definitely an exciting series, uh, and there's still plenty of of action to be had uh, on Prop Swap in terms of uh, great tickets still for sale and and opportunities uh, to to sell. Uh, and so. Um, Speaking of buying and selling, uh, it is now time for this week's edition of Stake or Swap. First up, we will talk a little college football, uh, Heisman uh, trophy action. Currently, the current favorite, Hendon Hooker, uh, to win the Heisman is currently at even odds. Uh, I will go first. I am going to swap uh, the Tennessee quarterback, Hendon Hooker, right now to to win the Heisman. He's had a fantastic season. Um, he deserves to be the the favorite currently. Uh, he's sporting a 21-to-1 uh, passing touchdown to interception ratio, uh, adding uh, four rushing touchdowns on, on top of that. Uh, they had an amazing um, upset over Alabama where it was basically, you know, who, who had the ball last, who could score the most. Um, they had a dominating win against Kentucky uh, this past Saturday. So uh, they've come from nowhere. Uh, they're, they believe, number three in the country right now. And, I, I, again, I think he totally deserves uh, to be the favorite currently. However, uh, they have by far their toughest matchup of the season this Saturday at Georgia. Um, they are currently an eight-point underdog uh, against Georgia, and this will be far and away the best defense uh, Hooker has played uh, this season. Uh, Georgia currently third in the country in terms of points allowed, uh, seventh in the country in terms of yards allowed. Uh, and so, you know, I think we all know that uh, Heisman Trophy winners really, it's it's – you gotta be almost. You gotta be in the in the playoff uh, to do it. Uh, at the very least, I think you gotta make it to your uh, conference championship game, uh, just because that's just one extra week. Where if you're not in that in that game, uh, you will your 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 competition is probably in that game. And so look no further than last year where CJ Stroud, the Ohio state quarterback, he was the favorite uh, minus money um, the last week of the regular season. And then 
whoops, the got upset by Michigan, didn't make it to the Big Ten championship game, so he's sitting at home while Bryce Young uh, is playing in the SEC championship game and, and had a great game, and then the, the votes just completely shift. There's, there's so much recency bias when it comes to uh, voting awards like the Heisman, uh, and so the you know your the week five game against Alabama it does not get weighed equally against the week twelve game you know of the of the conference championship and so um, you know could Tennessee win this game yeah sure there's uh, you know a- anything can happen but I mean all signs point to Georgia winning and a low a, one of the lowest scoring games you know pro- productivity wise for for Tennessee and so um, you know he was. 60 to one before the season, uh, or actually maybe even 80 to one. Uh, I, I tweeted this out yesterday. Um, someone bought a ticket on prop swap in September. Uh, he, he spent like $77 at 65 to one odds. Uh, so it was like to win, to win 5,000. That ticket could be sold for $2,500 right now off a, off a $77 purchase. Uh, and so I would sell that in a heartbeat right now because just the probability of him, of him being, you know, a bigger favorite after this week is is I think a lot lower than the probability of him slipping down to two to one, three to one. Now, could he could he go could he come back and and regain being a favorite? Yeah, sure. But I think odds are when we look at what the Heisman odds are this time next week, it'll be C.J. Stroud as the favorite, and Hooker will have dropped to about two to one or three to one. Uh, and so for those reasons, I would swap Hendon Hooker. Completely agree. I'm also going to be swapping Hendon Hooker. Um, I think yeah, I looked, you know, looked up uh, Ohio State's remaining three games while we were on this. Indy, let's look at that. Northwestern this weekend. We're going to absolutely demolish that team. Northwestern stinks this year. Indiana the week after in uh, Columbus, and then at Maryland, and finally home versus Michigan. Um, C.J. Stroud is going to light up the scoreboard versus three of those four. And I personally think they beat Michigan well this year. I know it's a rivalry game. I know it's you know it's one of college football's best matchups usually, um, but I, I still got the Buckeyes. So I, those are the only two options. So it's basically Hooker at even money, and then Stroud's around two to one. Um, so I just and then Caleb Williams is at fourteen to one. So I think it's a two pony race. I agree. If I have a Hendon Hooker ticket at a hundred to one, you know, if you got him on prop swap at uh, sixty-five to one, uh, I'd flip that thing ASAP before this game because, you know, like Ian said, they're a huge dog. Tennessee is to Georgia. I just, I, I agree. I think Georgia wins that football game. So get out now and again, like like we always say, take some of that cash. You're selling the ticket on prop swap. You know, you sell your ticket for eight hundred. Take three hundred of it. Go rebet Hooker. So that you can you turn three hundred into six hundred if he does indeed win this thing, but too much risk there. I also am swapping Hendon Hooker. Yeah, uh, and it's, it's actually what I would do is is I would sell the Hooker ticket and then I would go bet Tennessee money line at plus two fifty, right? Hooker's plus one hundred right now. I would yeah. go bet Tennessee money line plus two fifty because uh, that's you know say Hooker if if the you know if the you really you're banking on if you if you hold on to the ticket you're banking on that that they win the game right uh, because the way the SEC works with the divisions Tennessee and Georgia are in the same division and so if Georgia wins this game 
ten, uh, Georgia would then have to lose two games for Tennessee to make it to the SEC final, right? It's not it's not the top two teams in the entire uh, conference. It's it's by division, and so if Georgia wins this game, that's essentially a two game lead over Tennessee in terms of making it. So, um, yeah, I mean, really, yeah, I would sell the hooker ticket and then go bet Tennessee plus two fifty uh, money line to, to to win this game because if they lose, like I said, it's just he's just going to be on the outside looking in uh, come, come that final week of the season. Uh, so next up, uh, we'll switch back to a little uh, NFL. Um, the defending NFC North champions, uh, the Green Bay Packers, uh, currently 55-1 to 1, uh, to win the Super Bowl after losing their fourth straight game this week. Uh, Luke, are you staking or swapping the Green Bay Packers? I have to stake this team. Um, Fifty-five to one odds on FanDuel right now. Forty to one at uh, Barstool, for example. So, like we always discuss, just by value alone, fifty-five to one. I'm a buyer at. There's just too much value on this team. Like the at, the Bears are in tanking mode. So the Bears have not traded Roquan Smith. Um, they they got Chase Claypool. Like that's you know that's an improvement. I've heard from a lot of Steelers fans this year that he has looked terrible. Chase Claypool has. So they were they were probably very happy to get rid of this guy now that they have um, uh, George Pickens and of course uh, Deontay Johnson, who I love. I think both of those two guys are going to or Deontay is a, is a star already, but um, Pickens will absolutely be a star as well. So they were happy to get rid of them. Bears are kind of in quote-unquote tanky mode, get rid of their star linebacker who led the team in tackles every year he's played for the team. So I don't trust the Bears. I do like the Vikings in that division. I think Kevin O'Connell's a smart guy. They've got a good roster. You've got to assume everyone stays healthy. They're using Madison a lot. They used Madison a ton this past weekend, the Vikings did. So clearly they're concerned about Dalvin Cook's health in terms of not getting him injured for the long run. I think that's a smart strategy. So I still do like the Vikings, but the NFC South is a complete dumpster fire. The Falcons are in first place. That division stinks. Um, the Vikings, I'm sorry, the Seahawks are in first place in the NFC West. I don't think that lasts for long. So I, I still think there's a place for the Packers in the playoffs. I don't trust any, I don't trust New York or Washington in the NFC East. I do trust the Cowboys. Cowboys will get in for sure, but I think there's too much risk. And I believe that the Packers still could beat the Vikings if they met in the playoffs. So for that reason, 55 to one, just too much value. I'm staking the Packers. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm I going to swap uh, the Packers. Um, now, you, you did make some good points. And as bad as their season has been, uh, if the playoffs started today, they would still be in the playoffs. They would, they would have that last wild card spot uh, at, at three and five, with, which I think just goes to show you how bad the NFC is, uh, that the, the, three, the three wild card teams all are below 500 right now. Um, so that just kind of – it's just so top-heavy and – um, you know, I, yeah, and I, I believe, oh, no, you know what, you know what, I'm, I, I'm reading this wrong. I, I apologize. The, the, the would be, uh, they're a game back of, of the last wild card spot. I, I read that wrong, but, um, yeah, it's just, I mean, their, their defense is actually not that bad. Um, they are currently top 10 in terms of yards allowed per game. Uh, they're number two in terms of, uh, opponents, third down conversion percentage. Uh, so the defense is, is not terrible. And that's obviously uh, step one of, of making a comeback, but just the offense just looks worse and worse each week. Uh, and, you know, I think everyone speculated over the summer, like, 
you know, people, some people were saying, you know, after the Devontae Adams trade, um, uh, that, you know, he'd have no one to throw to. And then other people were saying it's Aaron Rodgers. He'll, he'll make it work. But I think it's, it's looking pretty clear that, uh, that there's a huge drop off in terms of uh, the offensive talent, the, the receiving core. Randall Cobb is hurt. Uh, Lazard missed last game, and so you know he's throwing the guys rookie Romeo Dobbs and uh, Torre. Uh, I, don't, I don't even know who like, Torre. I don't even know who that guy is. Uh, and so I just he yeah, unless this guy can literally you know turn turn these into uh, professional receivers in the next couple of weeks. Uh, you know maybe that bye week will be will be huge. Um, I just I just don't see it. I just don't see how. Uh, the Packers are going to be able to score enough points. Um, he just looks pretty. Rodgers just looks sad on the sidelines and, and doesn't seem that motivated. Uh, and so, um, we, you know, I, I would take a, a host of other teams uh, in the NFC uh, over the Packers. I just don't think. I think he's resigned to uh, to you know he got his big contract and he's going to be fine with that. I, I just I just don't see it. So I, I think they're going to keep going on backwards. Uh, they play the Cowboys in two weeks. I think they could destroy them that that week. Philly two weeks after that. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 going to to swap uh, the Packers. Is it, it must give you a little a little uh, enjoyment though to see to see the Packers and Rogers do do poorly as as the Bears fans for of course you know just seeing them succeed for for so long. So um, that does, doesn't hurt to see that. How dare you? How dare you, Aaron? Big Cat's opening to his uh, interview with Aaron Rodgers. Just absolute all-time classic opening line for a for a A-list person joining your your quote-unquote silly podcast for the first time ever. How dare you, Aaron? Um, but yeah, no, it it gives us a little bit. Um, uh, I'm certainly happy to see them lose, but I just there's just too much value there, man. A- after those, after the Packers. Um, so they're fifty-five to one. Seahawks are seventy to one. Giants are eighty to one. I don't like any of those two teams. Maybe the Pats at seventy to one. I might take a stab at. Uh, and I still like Cleveland. You can go, you can find Cleveland at a hundred to one on DraftKings right now. I'm not saying bet the house on them, but sprinkle a few units on that. I, and, and certainly with the prop swap strategy in mind, you can flip it just just by Deshaun Watson playing alone. I think you'll have buyers lined up for a Browns future just by watching him play in a Browns uniform. I think people will be will be itching to buy a Browns future. Yeah, they, they just gotta like tread water un, un, until that yeah. game. Uh, and so right now they're three and five. If they can somehow you know be one game below five hundred when he gets back or around five hundred, and and they still have a, a shot to make the playoffs, I, I totally agree. I think um, you know they just they just can't be they just can't be out of the playoff race by the time he comes back. But if he can just be somewhere in the neighborhood, I, I totally agree that, I mean, if they are, let's say, a game or two back of a playoff spot and Deshaun Watson comes back and you can get at 100-1 to 1 right now, I, I mean, I they'd be closer to 30-1 to 1 because yeah. uh, all you got to do is get in the tournament. And as we saw last year with the Bengals, you just need a quarterback to get hot. Uh, and uh, um, But, you know, I don't know. The the, the kicking situation uh, is not was is not great in Cincy or in Cleveland either. So um, that's a, that's a whole other topic about needing a, a clutch kicker in the playoffs. Um, that Falcons Panthers game was crazy. Uh, the Panthers kicker couldn't make a kick. So it's it's always a whirlwind every week, and, and you never know what you're going to get. Um, but uh, that will do it uh, for this week's episode. Thank you so much uh, for for joining us this week. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating, and we will talk to you next week.